Hello, and welcome to Manifestor Academy for Entrepreneurs with Michelle Anderson. If you are curious about how to manifest the life and business of your dreams, you're in the right spot. I will be sharing interviews, tips, tricks, stories, and anything I can think of by lifting up the hood on my own experience and my own businesses, including my coaching practice, about how you can manifest your dream life and business I hope you enjoy it. If you want to learn more, you can always go to michelleanderson.com. That's Michelle with two L's and Anderson with an S-E-N at the end. Okay, so I'm excited today to talk about something that I think is super duper important in the entrepreneur world. And our guest is Sarah Tsai, and she is the owner of Sarah Tsai Consulting. And ever since I've known Sarah, she's been a super enthusiastic business lady, just kind of figuring out really new offerings to share with the world. However, she's spoken about a really cool topic around relationships that I'm so grateful that she's going to allow us to dive into today because your personal relationships are kind of a big deal. So thank you, Sarah, so much for coming onto the show today to talk about your personal side of things. Yeah, thanks, Michelle. Um, I think, you know, we live in this modern society where we have access to so much information and, you know, when we think about work, it's no longer putting food on the table, but really we want self-actualization. And I think that's the same with relationship. You know, when you think about the friends you've had in high school or college, you were really friends for a season. Some people are able to carry that into their adult life. Um, but many times I find us, whether it's entrepreneurs or people who are employees that have full-time jobs, that your relationship ebb and flow depending on where you are in life. Um, I know that my relationships have, have been very, very different. You know, when I had a full-time job, my dynamic with my coworkers and my bosses um, were, you know, one style. And then when I became an entrepreneur, um, it's a totally different ball game for a couple of reasons. One, I feel like I'm more in a position to choose who I want to work with. And then two, because entrepreneurship is so stressful, you really need a good support system all the way around you. Like not just, um, you know, tools and resources for growing your business, vendors, clients, but also in your personal life, you know, you have to be very clear about what fills you up because you could easily go out in the world and you're giving and you're consulting and you're struggling and striving. And it's really important to have um, someone on the home front that can, you know, nurture you or give you counsel. Um, so that's been my experience in terms of, you know, after becoming an entrepreneur, really taking a look at my personal relationships and making sure that that is a stable, fertile area to help me grow. 
um, and it does affect my business. I really love your attitude around this, that you kind of looked at your relationships like a business lady. <laughs> what I'm hearing is you thought to yourself, which of these is working for me? Right. And, and in what way? Um, so, you know, I, I use the work example. There's plenty of people that I've actually contracted with when I had a job, like uh, videographers or content writers. So I'm in sort of the digital tech space and people used to be my vendors are now potentially my clients. Um, there are people who I've worked with or for that have become friends. And I think it really is in, in order to be very fluid and liquid in that, you have to know what the exchange look and feel like. And similarly in your personal life. So um, last time or in the future, depending on when the, the podcast goes live, um, I've talked with Michelle about becoming an entrepreneur in 2017. And at the time, I was very happily domestic partner-ish, you know, in Mount Lookout. Um, I lived in a three-bedroom house. I had two small children, ages three and five. Um, and then after I became an entrepreneur and started my business, I really needed, I wanted my own space. Like I was redefining who I was at my core. And I just found that I, you know, didn't want to be in the same environment that I, I had chosen when I had, uh, was working for other people and was a lot of time conforming to the culture of the employers that I worked for. Um, I really wanted to define my style, my space, uh, my pacing, and that has changed everything for me ever since. So here you went and spread your wings as an entrepreneur and you kind of outgrew your home, you're saying. <laughs> well, I had Michelle come and consult for my home, remember? Like Yes, you your wonderful out. home. I did see it in, in your wonderful kids. And so you were kind of set up in, in this beautiful space that a lot of people will aspire to if, you know, they're upgrading your home. You have a, you had this beautiful home that you described. Um, tell me about like what what happened? Like, what made you realize I need to spend time outside of the home to accomplish what I need to accomplish? So I think entrepreneurship, I, I use this metaphor of an indoor cat and an outdoor cat. Um, when you're an indoor cat, meaning when you have a job and you know where your paycheck's coming from every two weeks, you know, you, you sort of, oh my gosh, I have such a stressful Monday through Friday and weekend I can relax. I'm going to hang out on the neighbor's deck and drink a beer and watch some football. Oh my gosh, I got to prepare for Monday. You know, I'm like kind of experiencing a little bit of disappointment, but I also know there's going to be a weekend after five days. So that was kind of the, the dynamic. And, you know, you always had something to talk about with your next door neighbor who also might have problems with their job and you know like there's just always this like camaraderie in the neighborhood um for me in particular so my children's dad also had a very stable job with johnson and johnson so like our conversation a lot of times is around you know the kids the finances and fixing up the deck who gets to mow the lawn so like it's just a very sort of domestic versus a work-life conversation 
But when you become an entrepreneur, oh my gosh, like my brain is just exploding, right? Like this new client I met, do they like me? Are they going to work with me? Where's my next paycheck going to come from? Um, you know, you feel like an outdoor cat, like it's you against the world and it's 24 seven. It's not Monday through Friday. It's um, very intense, like Monday through Sunday. And you have to kind of learn to put work aside and actually enjoy your kids. You have to, um, I find myself have very little in common with some of my neighbors <laughs> because, um, you know, they'll be like, oh, what'd you do today? I'm like, I don't know. I went to a conference and I, you know, try to engage a vendor and I'm trying to nail down my pricing and I'm rebranding. Like, it's just a complete different conversation because they can't, I, I think people have a hard time pegging you like, oh, you're in finance. Okay. You deal with numbers. Oh, you're an interior designer. Great. I had bought this new painting. But when you're an entrepreneur, especially in the early stage of your business, where you can't be like, well, here's my business plan. These are my mentors. Here's how I'm managing, how I'm planning to grow in the next three years, but I don't know what I'm doing right now. <laughs> so there's a lot of um, uncertainty. And in that time, I think I most appreciated the types of conversation about people, like um, the dynamic between me and groups or me and my vendors or me and my clients. and how do I spin that into a profitable proposition? And how does the interpersonal dynamic translate into a viable business model? So you're talking personalities, strategy, and um, just interpersonal dynamic and the dynamic between the different groups. And I just found that the conversation was very limiting, whether it's in the immediate vicinity of where I live or um, my domestic partner. So I ended up um, getting my own space and going through a separation. Um, but two years out, I am far happier because I know who are my people. They may not look like they're, you know, double income, you know, two cars, nanny, like the sort of picture perfect couples, but they are people who I can have a deep intellectual conversation with, or that will just, hey, cook me a meal and listen to me, or my girlfriends that want to go and work out in Washington Park, like just people that I love spending time with and that fills me in different ways. Wow, you have such a talent for like painting a picture quickly of these two worlds. And I, I really relate to what you said um, because I have a business that serves the dual income type of people. But our conversations are usually about one of the more momentous things that they do in their lives, which is to transform a landscape. That's, you know, that part. And I, and I forget what perhaps those other conversations that they might be having are like. Um, and I really relate to what you said about finding your people and your people might have, you know, a lot of different things going on, but they understand you. Um, so thanks for like sharing. And you kind of like whizzed through it. Like I went from this to that and got separated yeah. and here I am. <laughs> well, I want to go back to that indoor cat and outdoor cat thing, because like as an entrepreneur out there fighting for you know, justifying your value and getting paid for what you do, you have battle wounds and scars. Like it's so much more than maintaining an appearance and, 
you know, living in harmony with your environment. Like sometimes you come home and you're just exhausted, but you can't really put down your experiences for the day. And you want to talk to someone that can process that with you. And that's why I ended up getting a separation because I just felt like the depth of the conversation or what I needed emotionally wasn't being met. And that's just in my, you know, most intimate personal relationship, but that goes for any friendship or even now I'm more selective about my work relationship in terms of who I work with, um, both on the client and the vendor side. So yeah, big learning and transformation process. And I think the huge thing here is that you looked at what wasn't working and you answered what could possibly work for you and you stepped into it and you said you're so much happier now because you did that. Yeah, I have this Anais Nin quote, like the <laughs> pain of remaining a bud is more than blossom. Like I was ready to blossom. I didn't really see any other option except to like grow out of that shell and become the butterfly that I know I am. Um, I can, you know, I journaled a lot throughout the entire process. I, I remember what it felt like to feel contained, trapped, like I couldn't really see a future, um, even though I worked so hard to build what I had, um, but I really wanted something different. So you talked about like the conversation just wasn't fulfilling. So emotionally, you didn't feel fulfilled at home and you were out there growing your business. You were hustling. You were like becoming your next you basically. Um, do you really feel like leaving that personal component that wasn't working for you? Like how did that end up transforming your business into the next steps? Did you see it have like a big effect? Um, yes, but it wasn't um, with the, the change of the domestic partnership. So, so there's two parts to this. So first, I have one of the reasons why I wanted to come to the podcast with you is I wanted to share that me and um, my domestic partner had made a very successful transition um, from, you know, kind of seeing a future and growing old together to accepting the fact that we're co-parents. Um, we both put the kids first. We are very respectful of each other. I'm pretty sure my conservative suburban neighbors are like, what the, she's coming in in the morning, she's doing laundry on weekends, but, you know, they're clearly not together anymore. And it can happen. I think, you know, two mature people, if you think about it, you can always come to a mature conclusion, like you'd rather love and loss than not love at all. Um, and also, if you're going to put your energy somewhere, why not put it into healing and forgiving versus trying to tear each other down or go through a nasty, you know, dividing of assets. So we never went through anything uh, hostile or it, it worked itself out like you know he is very grateful that I have birthed two beautiful children and I am very forever grateful to him he's still carrying health insurance <laughs> because then I'm an entrepreneur and he's still just super supportive of my endeavor I mean when he met me eight years ago I was this human that had all these ideas and really wanted to 
work for myself, except I think I was too scared. I will also say having someone who supports you and have a stable income, um, according to Seth Golden, that's very important for entrepreneurs because you can't have two people that are both trying to start businesses at the same time. So I in no way resent what has happened. I think that we have transitioned from one form of love to another form of love without you know, taking away, especially for the kids, like what, what we've had as a family unit. Like we go to the pool together. We go to PTA together. We have a really great um, relationship and we know what our priorities are and I know what's important to him and I know where not to, you know, overstep and he knows to respect, you know, where I am. So I would have to absolutely say that making that choice has been really good for my business because it's kept me very steady, emotionally stable to try to, I mean, a lot of my clients are like, really, you went through a separation. I could hardly tell, like no falls were dropped. So yes, that, that contributed to my, um, to my next steps. But also I have been dating, like I have been out there meeting new people <laughs> and there are some people that are just energy suckers and I have been very quickly to shut it down as well. Like, I feel like that is when I see a parallel between whether or not my business is doing well and my personal relationship. Like, it is so eerie, Michelle. Like, you know, I know you believe in feng shui and you're living in quarters, being, you know, conducive to positive energy. I feel the same way about friendships and intimate relationships. So when I was out there, um, dating, I can always tell like if I feel like this other person is not honest or is, you know, toying with my emotions and it does so directly impact my work. And um, I would immediately nip it at the butt and <laughs> cut it off because, you know, I fought too hard to, to build the business that I have today to put up with shenanigans and, you know, so <laughs> yeah so that that's a great question um it, it does impact your business but um yeah you just have to make good choices i love all the things that you just shared like you going back to just having a different kind of love for the father of your children and making that as best a relationship that it can be and then not shying away from dating but also looking at that like square in the face with boundaries, which, um, and you relate that back to your business. It is, it is something that I've seen time and time again that, you know, you, you brought up feng shui and you know, I talk a lot about your space and your environment and I try so hard to describe how people are a part of that. That's actually why I wanted to have you on the show to talk about this because people are a part of, your life feng shui, as I would like to see it. You know, you talked about energy suckers. You talked about people that might not have the most of integrity that you, you know, nipped in the bud. So, or people who are like not self-aware, right? Like, um, I think when you're an entrepreneur, in order to have a thriving business, you have to be aware of yourself and what may be rational or irrational, and you have to process that head on. I think it's the same, like your clients expect you to be empathetic, your vendors want you to be, you know, a good collaborator. And in order to do that, you have to notice your own dynamic and other people's dynamic. And so, um, yeah, I think it's very important for 
for us to be self-aware, but also it's not just that I expect them to have integrity. I have I expect them to have certain level of intelligence, emotional maturity um, to be in my life. And I just hold those boundaries very dear because I have very limited amount of time as an entrepreneur. And I, I want people who are in my inner circle to meet those standards. Absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, since you've kind of kept that boundary in place, you said you were allowed to focus on what was important and build your brand. Yes. And I think <laughs> that I have been, um, just going back to the business side, I have, this year has been amazing. I've gotten to work with people that I've known for a long time um, that has either taken new jobs or, um, you know, they'll come to a role and we'll have coffee and then we'll check a, a few boxes and then there it goes. I have a new client, um, you know, or people who are just reaching out for help with something and then we find out I can do something else for them. It, it's been a great year. And I last year, I even, you know, you talk about writing people off on a dating side. I've let go of a couple of clients because I you know, didn't respect their character or felt like, you know, the dynamic wasn't, you know, I, I, I like I said, I've worked really hard to um, assume the risk and um, take on responsibility for myself and my life. Um, so even on the client side, even though it'd be great to have a healthy revenue and pipeline, I'd rather you know, grow the business slower than take on anything that I feel like I can't fully fulfill or that maybe, you know, energy suck or inefficient. And, you know, you just kind of agree to part ways if that's not something that's going to work out on multiple levels for me. I'm definitely a fan of that. Um, because not every client or potential client is the best fit. And, um, I I don't quote my friend Carrie Kelly. She goes, I'd rather be homeless. <laughs> as entrepreneurs, we can make that choice. Like, I don't want your money. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, gosh, I think that's really important too, especially for a newer entrepreneur to, you know, sometimes they might say like, oh, I'm going to take all the work that I can get. But it ends up costing you money if you have the wrong person, in my opinion it keeps you from meeting the right person. That's for sure. You know, mm -hmm. like both personal in your personal life and, um, in at work, right? Like we all have 24 hours in a day. And if you're servicing one client it, you're not going out there and meeting new people. So. Well, in everything you're saying to like the word momentum comes up for me, like you're just not letting these things stop you. And it's cool to just, listen to how you're describing like the dating side, like your personal relationships and then your work relationships and your friends, how just synergistic, like how you are in one scenario is how you are in the other. It's not that you act different in your personal side. And to me, you know, you're going to behave similarly on both sides. So clean up your act on both sides is kind of what I always, always kind of look at. I know. And I love that. Like, I remember I was, you know, working on a digital marketing campaign for a very high profile client. 
and he, we were meeting, but my nanny was sick. So my son, I brought him with me and he was like bouncing off the wall. But you know, this client just kind of like kept his composure and we basically went through the meeting. My son gave him all kinds of stink eye, um, but that's me, you know, I'm a, a mom. I'm not afraid to bring my child to work. And if you want to work with me, you have to kind of look at the personal side. It's not like I dropped any balls, but it's, it's not familiar. Um, on the flip side of that, you know, I have a, a Fortune 100 client who is um, one of the largest CPG companies. And I remember one of my counterpart who is sort of at VP level, she had just had a baby, moved to a new country. Um, and because she's so senior, you know, we had to reschedule this one call because she wasn't able to be on it because her child was sick. And she like apologized first and foremost to everyone that her child was sick. And I was like, why do this? Like, you know, we just have such a bifurcated work and personal life. I think being an entrepreneur is such a blessing that you get to um, be that same person at work and, and personally, you don't have to speak two different languages. Um, yeah, so I, I really enjoyed that aspect of things. Well, speaking to being the same person personally and professionally, and that to me is what I think the most beautiful thing about being your own boss could be, um, is that I talk to a lot of people and I know that some people listening to the podcast are kind of on the sidelines that they probably have this, you know, desire. Some of the people listening will have this desire to spread their wings. Like, you know, there's some stuckness. And when I speak to people who want to work with me, I hear a lot of stuck stories um, what would you have to say to people that, you know, may have been hiding for a little too long or kind of in this stuck mode that might be listening to you and might think, you know, well, it was easy for her. What would you have to say for these people? It was not easy. Like, <laughs> I have a journey, the shadow of death. Like I remember my neighbor saying to me, you know, I don't know if everybody approves of what you're doing. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, I will say this, that your emotions are very good barometers for how happy you are or how depressed you are or how upset you are. And I think the stuckness a lot of times is due to a step back and a step forward. Like you're, 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 you're sort of stagnant for for the reason that you have a vision and you may want to move forward, but there's definitely things in your current life that you can't let go of. And I certainly have been there. I mean, I think I questioned my decision to move out um, for at least six months, right? Like we've tried marriage counseling. I've, you know, definitely had plenty of therapy and talking to my friends. You know, I even asked, I remember a therapist friend, like, okay, so my, my kids are, two and four, one is a good time. <laughs> and so um, definitely a lot of consideration and heartache when you're going through it. But my advice is to be good to yourself. Like go get an ice cream, get a massage. In those moments when you kind of put everything aside, try to dream of the best dream that you can dream of and then try to move towards that with incremental steps. You always know, I think when you feel stuck, it's because you don't have hope. 
you feel like you can't get there. You feel like it's too risky. But eventually, you have to decide whether the pain of staying where you are and not moving forward is worth it because you're going to suffer either way, right? If you move forward, you assume the risk and it's so hard and heartbreaking. But if you stay where you are, it's depressing and stuck and all kinds of icky. So you have to pick and choose. And I would just say, pick one shit sandwich and eat it really fast. And then just like plow through it. You would be amazed at what's waiting for you on the other end. Gosh, well said, Sarah. Thank you so much. Yes. Amen to all of that. Seriously. And since I've known you, you've gone through this transition. And I will have to say that your pleasant and effervescent attitude today is really reflective of like how I've always seen you. And I really think that how you choose to have your attitude as you go through these things, like, is such a huge deal. And you can choose to handle it how you want to. And watch for the signs of the universe. I kid you not. So do you remember when you came to my our house and you're like, why do you guys have separate closets? You should yes. Sake, merge the closet. And I just couldn't. Like, I think six months or nine months went by and I couldn't rack my brain around because I love my walk-in and he likes his walk-in, how we could combine closets. Or I think there was a couple other suggestions like don't put your workspace in the basement, you know, put it upstairs where there's lights, you know, and then I just, I couldn't, I'm like, but, but the babies sleep there. So I think those were signs to me that things were not workable. Um, I will also tell you that there was this one day, right? Like, you know, you're dating, you're swiping, and there's like all kinds of people want to give you advice on, you know, how to interact with dudes or girls, whatever. And I just remember having this amazing clarity in my head, like, you know what? I don't need help. Like, I don't need a manual. Like, I've overcome so much that I have a very clear vision of what I want. So... I was driving down Columbia Parkway and I kid you not, like the whole way from Columbia Parkway, Tusculum, Columbia, Tusculum to downtown was completely jammed with traffic and I was going the opposite direction and it was clear three lane traffic. It was only car on there. And I was like, oh my gosh, universe, that's a sign. Like I'm doing great. I'm breezing through it and acing life. So I think you could always pay attention to the signs that are around you to help give some assurance and guidance, um, aka Manifestor Academy slash universe. Absolutely. I'm so down with how you pointed that out. And it is, it's the case. You can choose to look at them and allow that to draw you forward, or you can choose to ignore them and to mope around about your situation, right? <laughs> right, and just take, like, notice. I think even when I was at the most stuck or most sad, like, I read, you know, Sheryl Sandberg's Plan B. Um, you know, what, what if option A is not available? Let's kick the shit out of option B. Um, I just had a lot of those sort of scrolling through Instagram, and you find this quote, and you're like, yes, that's so me. <laughs> Um, yes. and it, it's quite magical if you can just notice 
some of the messages that the universe is sending you. Well, I don't know what I'm going to title this episode yet, but I kind of just want to title it Must Listen. (laughs) Because, you know, you really shine some light on something that I think a lot of people have trouble talking about and trouble even stepping into. Um, And what you've done, I know, isn't for the faint of heart. And you're clearly cut out for the entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial journey. So I'm so grateful that you shared this because this is a message that I'm, I'm really, really excited to get out there. Yeah, and I would say to also people who are afraid to take that first step, like don't feel like you have to take all the steps at once. Like I didn't just get a condo and, you know, completely redecorate. Like it wasn't, it didn't happen all at once. It happened with like small incremental steps, like take on a side client, see how you feel about it you know, get an Airbnb for a weekend and see, you know, how you feel about it. So there was a lot of incremental steps and experiment um, that I did and is still on some level experimenting like, you know, when, when's the optimal time for me to have the kids versus when he has the kids. Um, so that we're still figuring a lot of that out, uh, but you have to start somewhere or else you're not giving yourself a fair chance. Well, what I love is that you didn't make any of those things as excuses and you didn't use your kids as an excuse not to pursue who you really are. Right. Because I think that they, they want, they, they, they emulate after you. And, and what I think, you know, especially for people who have kids is that my child's spirituality is fed through the glee in my eyes of how I look at them. And if I'm moping around just to throw food on the table and make sure they're clothed and bathed and go to school on time, I am not giving them the best nourishment for them to become lively, um, confident souls. Like they absolutely need me to be grounded and centered and happy in who I am to show them how they can be grounded and centered in who they are. So it was absolutely the right decision, not just for me, but also for my kids. And in my darkest hour, you know, that was also what kept me going was to be a good role model and and to give them the best experience um, growing up with me as their parent. Oh, I love that. And gosh, it seems like such a healthy attitude. Like there are so many people I think just get hung up on, oh, but the kids, but the kids, and here you are making it work. So, so awesome to hear all of this. Well, I want to kind of let the listeners digest all the amazingness that you've shared. Is there any lasting things that you want to throw out there for them? There's so much in this already. When in doubt, breathe through it. Oh, yeah. One one moment at a time, one day at a time, and um, be open to magic, but be aware of where you are and not push yourself too hard, but don't stay stuck for too long. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you, Michelle. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.
Thank you so much for joining us on the episode today. I'm so glad you were here to give a listen. If you liked it, this is a new podcast right now, so I would really appreciate it if you would give us a review on whatever platform you're listening on, just to let other people know that this is a place where you can learn how to manifest the life and business of your dreams. Also, if you want to find out more, follow us on Instagram. It's Michelle and Anderson with an S-E-N at the end on Instagram and Michelle Anderson. Dot com is the website.